coming in here. All right. We are here at episode 72 of Civil Tension. I am the host and creator of the show, Peter Galt, and with me is co-host... Ken Nicholson. And co-host... John Kwansi. And co-host... Mick Kucherski. And co-host... John Severson. And co-host Catching the Door. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he shall remain nameless. It's just a nameless co-host. You know, last week we um, we ended on the the fact that we really didn't do a great job of defining where we wanted to be in the discussion we were having. <laughs> I actually did wind up editing out, cutting out the first full 18 minutes wow. of that conversation, which still ended up being a 58-minute episode. So we we spent 18 minutes. Dance around subjects. I think so that was my best 18 minutes. Um, it was done. So I'm sorry about that. But it, it, your the best heads are going to So well, actually, I actually just clicked the delete button on that. So I apologize, Don. Uh, but you know, we actually ended that episode on uh, people being convinced of their own virtue and we're talking about issues of great significance and we need to define that amongst us here and, and we did this right at the end of the episode is that we are having these discussions based on our culture of judeo-christian values should god or government guide you uh, we acknowledge that christianity and left and leftism are diametrically opposed we acknowledge that the pro-life versus pro-choice discussion is, is and can be violently explosive. And we discussed and acknowledged that corporate censorship is extraordinarily very real and is happening right now uh, through the corporations who own social media venues. Mm -hmm. Anybody who keeps talking or voicing out uh, is shut down as quickly as their founder discovered or buried. And that uh, there is a blatantly desperate drive to change our defined and accepted cultural mor moral values. And that begs the question then, what is next? So in looking at this, based on our Judeo-Christian values, should, the big question is, that we ended on is, should God or should government guide you? And perceptually, do we understand what is good for one side, what they perceive as good for one side, and what they perceive as evil for one side, going back and forth. So we cannot say this is good versus evil, which Dan pointed out very clearly. This is perception versus perception. And how do we deal with that? So should God or government guide you is the question that we ended on. Well, can we discuss those separately? We can. <laughs> There's only a few things, little small d things in there, in there. Yeah. Well, I, well, that's why I said this is issues of great significance. I'm not sure I can totally agree with perception versus perception because that then means that there is no there's no truth good or bad or right. yeah that's, that's, no I struggle with that. Values. I struggle with that one. Like, uh, is oh. murder bad? Or, no, it just depends on your perception. Depends oh, on what you're Killing side of the gun is you're on. different. Right. We've talked about the difference between killing mm -hmm. and murder. Mm -hmm. But is murder bad? I mean, if we get to a point in our society where we have to debate that question, then I feel like we've kind of lost it. We are debating that question. I think we're right already now. there. I think it's interesting is that murder bad. I think it's interesting that one of the concepts, you know, coming out of the first century with the, with the spread of Christianity, one of the uh, the arguments that was made was is that the leaders are put in place by God, mm -hmm. and you are supposed to respect those people. Mm -hmm. But you also have the responsibility that they fly off the handle to get rid of them. And I think that's one of the things that our founding fathers were looking at when they set this up. Oh, well, all true. the way, well, absolutely true. Yeah. If if you if you were to look at if you read the first chapter of a book called Holy Madness, it, it was written and deals with the issue of liberty um, in the 1700s, 1700s, 1800s. And it really catalogs the different revolutions that occur. And the first one that it delves into is the French Revolution and how it is that, you know, when that was all taken place and when the actual execution occurred that there were those who were in the crowd watching the execution of the monarch. Mm -hmm. They were committing suicide. They were wailing, clawing at their own flesh, 
not because, to Dan's point, not because they loved him, but because they believed he to be instituted by God. Mm-hmm. And therefore, this was an affront to their faith. Mm-hmm. And that there is that there's something that we don't understand out of the classical traditions of how it is people viewed their leadership. And to Dan's point, that when they got out of line at some level, that they were to be disposed of. But there is this careful balance between submission and rebellion. And some people would say, well, the American Revolution was appropriately balanced in that. Some people would look at the French Revolution and say, that was probably a bit too far. Mr. Jefferson, why are you such an admirer of this? I don't know. I don't understand that. Um, I tend to be more of an Adams type myself. And it's like, whoa, really? So what we've done is is that we've lost that understanding that there is a careful balance between government and God. And I think that the question comes into that our rights are inalienable and they are given to us by our Creator, whoever it is we choose to call Him, and that government cannot be the author and the giver of these rights because what government, i.e. man gives, man can take away. And I think that's the thing that we're beginning to wrestle with is that the source of our liberty, the source and the origination of our inalienable rights, the leftists will say it's by government. The conservatarian will say it's by my creator. And I think therein is, is the rub. Now, as an example of this, I'd like to just kind of point to something to be anecdotal at best, is that this bill where um, that's making its way through the House, I think it would actually pass the House, It'll, it won't pass the Senate, and Trump wouldn't approve it, House Bill 5, where it is that all institutions, K through 12, would have to be mandated, regardless of public or private, would have to teach LGBTQ criteria and history and things of this nature. I want us to give some consideration to the idea. If the government can force private institutions to teach that, K through 12, can they then compel private institutions 13 and up, if you will, to teach what it is they want you to teach. Which, you know, so long Hillsdale, so long some of your finer private institutions. And, And it's not the issue of just that, but if that material, well, what else can they come in and say, yeah, you can't say this, and yes, you must teach that. Now pretty soon you all fall under the all, all pressing authority of government. And I was thinking about this as I was getting ready to come here this morning. The union in which we live, as it is, if there is such a thing, the republic that we live in was never the goal The Republic was never the goal, and the Union was never the goal. The Union and the Republic were the greatest mechanisms, as our Founding Fathers believed, to achieve something called individual liberty, living before your Creator, if you choose to say you have one. I think that's what we're really wrestling with. And from my perspective, there are just three things that that this distills down into, into something that is less abstract because I think I've said a lot of abstract stuff and I apologize for that. I think the first thing that we find ourselves wrestling with is the value of human life, i.e. abortion. Mm -hmm. I think the second thing that we are wrestling with is the institution of marriage and how is that defined. And I think the third thing is one's ability to protect one's own home, one's own life, and one's own family. Those three things from a Judeo-Christian, admittedly I am a conservatarian born again, right? Those are the three legs of the stool of liberty that are swiftly under attack, and if any one of those legs fully breaks, this 
union republic cannot be sustainable in the way it was established in the way we have perhaps known it for the previous 150, 200 so odd years. The problem I have with your focus on liberty is, is very basic. You give liberty to an honest man and he will do great things with it. You give liberty to a dishonest man and you'll get nothing but licenses. And I absolutely agree with that. And I, think what, and I think one of the problems that we're coming across is, is that when the government, and government is there to moderate you, that's why they call it a governor. It's to moderate the, 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 how the behavior is and when people live together. So if they're going to come in and teach out whatever it yeah. is. Okay. Alphabet soup, sure. Right. If they're, if they're going to come in and, and mandate that, then what's different than that than them mandating and them teaching about evolution as an origin of species? And this argument's been had before. And the truth of the times. Yeah, <laughs> quite a few times. The truth of the matter is that how the educators in public schools are to behave is by this bureaucratic system that they set up. Now, that system's broken. I agree with that. And, and I wouldn't disagree with anything that you've said there. Mm -hmm. What my contention is, though, is that I and my liberty should say, okay, I don't want to participate in this broken public system anymore because I consider that my wealth... If you can afford it. My, right, exactly. Well, my wealth is from my creator. That's, mm -hmm. my, that's my conscience. That's what my conscience tells me. And therefore, I should withdraw my tax dollars from the broken system, mm -hmm. no longer be compelled to contribute to it, and then go. And if, I, if you say, well, you need to pay a minimal fee of $500 because you live in the town. But okay, you're, but yeah, you're whatever. Getting, but you're right. getting but, into the, but then, but then I but wait a minute. But hear me out. So I you know, can defeat you. me properly. I know, I know you're going with this. Well, no, I know you do so you because this is not because this because I'm not a terribly complex person. Yeah. Okay. And so from the, razor. Right. And so from there, I get to go to my private institution for the criteria and the materials that I think are appropriate. Mm -hmm. And bang, that's the end of it. The government does have the right to do this. This is the system that we have set up. And so you're going to have government intervening on people's lives, and the way it may benefit me, it's going to hurt him. And it's just the way it is. There's no other system to do it. So I think the ultimate aspect about what we're trying to roundhouse about here at this table is, is that when you go, when you give in to the idea that there is some underlying foundational principle about how humans should act with each other, uh, who determines what that is? And so the left, as you guys are describing, I've got to come up with a better term than that because I hate that word. But anyway. We all do. Yeah. But anyway, the, 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 the antagonists to this idea are saying that it really, guys, it isn't some you know mystical god with some watery voice. Mm -hmm. really, really what it is is morals are set by the people that have to live under them. And that's the argument. This is what Marx argued. There's a lot of people throughout Rousseau, a lot of people throughout history have argued that point. Mm -hmm. The problem with this, of course, is that in the French Revolution, it can run off the rails pretty damn quick. And, and, and with the Soviet Union and, with, and with, the China, fa with the fascists in Germany. Absolutely. I mean, we go down the laundry list. History and shows it, that. It, it runs into two. So the only thing that we can do, and I hate to be doing Civics 101 here, but the only thing we can do is make a constitution in which everybody will agree with. Mm -hmm. Now, right now, the constitution is under attack. Why? What, what's, what, what, are they, what are they attacking it for? They're claiming that it's out of date. Mm -hmm. It was put together by a bunch of privileged white men because they're going to say anything they can mm -hmm. to, to discredit it. Yeah, yeah. But really their argument is, is that it's out of date. It's not in step. It's not in step with the times. And I was listening to our Secretary of State doing a speech and, uh, to the Claremont Institute. He said a most amazing thing. I mean, it, it's just a broadcast truth to me or brilliance shining light on it. He said, you know, when, when, uh, when we first formed this thing, our first president had said that when, as the United States goes into the world, we are going to be applauded. People are going to be amazed, and it's going to be a revelation to them about our system of government that this place, that this world has never seen. Mm -hmm. and so he's the first diplomat. He's the first guy coming out from the U.S. after we, you know, we won against the Brits. So our Secretary of State looks looks at this and he says, you know, it's interesting that he makes this comment because he's talking about this ideology that the U.S. did that will benefit the world. But he says, you know, the last administration. They kind of countered that by saying that, you know what, what's good for the world is good for the United States. And he says, look at what's happened to the world. He, he says, the, the, other, the other inverse of that is true. And then he mentions, obviously, our president, who says, by America first, he isn't saying that we should closet ourselves in isolation. He's saying that we should be expressing our ideals because they're under attack. This is what this conversation is about, these ideals mm -hmm. right. that are under attack. Correct. What is those ideals? We talked about it being founded in Judeo-Christian, right? Mm -hmm. But what is those ideals? Have we lost 
But they are. I think you mentioned a couple of them. Yeah, like but I mean, do, do we do yeah. we understand what this is? Yeah. <clears throat> and that's why it becomes that's why it becomes into a really comes into again a, a religious uh, religious meaning groups of people talking about um, the 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 reality of God, mm-hmm. not whether it exists or not, but the reality that it does. And you see that, but the issue really comes back to but there's a. And we want, we need to be careful, and we need to be certain that we don't think that it is an issue of the left being what they are, holding certain ideas, and the right. We just use those phrases. Sure. The left and the right holding different ideas with the same objectives. That isn't the thing. They don't. They no. don't. Okay. No. I want when, when, to destroy. Well, I mean, so well, one wants to control. One is to destroy what the established is. That's that's all they have. They want to destroy it in any way, shape, and form. You, there's no rhyme, reason, or logic as to how this is being torn but, apart. But the, but the which end. I don't think it's being done by some sinister group. I just think that these are ideas that people, because there's a lot of group thing going on. Well, well, well sure, and there's right, well, no, there is. And so <laughs> the idea, so you have a conservative, for example, living in Oklahoma. He, he or she does not want to control or govern what happens in New York. Right. But you can darn sure uh, know that Bill de Blasio, mayor of New York, wants to, wants control, to control what happens in Oklahoma. <laughs> and so yeah, we thanks. have to be really under, we have to be really clear that it's not just an, an argument about different ideas and positions on issues. They it's don't a, want us to be able to express our ideas. Right, and they don't want us to be able to pursue, again, mm-hmm. what is commonly called liberty, which, if too far, becomes anarchy and mm-hmm. things start to fall. For, for mm-hmm. me, could you guys not use us and them? Just Can we talk about what the principles are? Because it, it gets I, confusing when we start talking about that us and them stuff. I, it confuses me. I agree with that objective. We, we're going to have to relearn how to talk a little bit. Yeah, I know. Right? but and, and I'd love to if avoid... If you cannot name your enemy, they will defeat you. But, and well, you can't even find out where they are. If you well, but, I, but my point is, okay. I, I'm not going to agree with that statement because we, we again we get so the, the us and them is the issue. If you want to say right, left, fine. It's but not us but and the them. reason we lose is because we get soft and we just want to live in our own liberty. We don't fight back. It very is well. the liberty that we live for that allows them the room to win. I agree with that. System. I agree with that. And it's it's horrible to me that that. What do you call that? The system Dan? is being used against us. <laughs> that that con that 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 thing that doesn't make any sense. Right. 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 I will I will disagree with you all day long, says but I. Fight. But I will die for your right to say what I you totally want to say. And it really pisses me off when you take that opportunity to shoot me. Mm-hmm. And that's and what happens. That is exactly what we're fighting. You know, it, it, it is. Say that again. What are we fighting? The people using our moralistic belief in liberty yeah. to attack our our system that provides that liberty. No. Yeah. No. Says. No. I think they want control of it. Yeah, they want control. But, but no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Their control of it eliminates it. I don't know, does it? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Show me somebody that's trying to tear but, down our Constitution that believes in liberty. What they're saying is, is that the problem with the Constitution is that it was written by favored people to keep favored people in control. That's the problem. That's what they're saying. It's a lie. It's a lie that they're. It's a lie that they are trying to. Is, is that is that what they're saying? To get out. I think it to is. some degree. I think. Well, it's just one of the tactics to try to tear it down. The That's, goal is agreed. to tear it down. Agreed. There. That is one of the tactics because it was written by wealthy white men. Should be irrelevant to whether it's good, right, or wrong, good or bad, exactly. or how it's valued. It's, but it's not I, just. It's not just that. But we're judging. They're but, saying that it's outdated. What I, what I don't like about it is this is what's happened in our society today. You know, we, uh, we should vote for someone because she's a the, the mayor because she's a the first black female gay. I, I, that has zero to do with whether I'll vote for you or not. Absolutely. It has zero to do with the ability to do the job. Right. And, but that's what's happening. Why did people vote for her? Because she's black, female, and gay. Can we come back to a the lot of people? I thought that people voted for people her because her. she was an ex-prosecutor and they wanted the city cleaned up and she had made promises during her campaign to do that very thing. And guess what? Plus Every, the fact she's gay and black. And, 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 but that's... But that's she was voted on her... The headline is always that. Well, the, don't believe that. The headline is that. But, but I'm telling you, 
from real life experiencing talking to people. Well, it's about time we vote for a black female who's gay. It's why it's called it's, break, it's, it's called breaking the ceiling. It's, yeah, it's, and I and I get it from that perspective, right. but but we're getting to this point where it's like that's more important than what they stand for. Right. It's it's more important. To to lob grenades sure. for the privilege of lobbing grenades yeah. or something reasons I do not understand. I don't know what the basic drive is. Right. I, if I had a handle on that, I would be a whole lot more. Well, I think that's what I we're am. talking about right now. Is is what it is it, exactly, and that's because we're looking at your your. I'm hearing the same thing, and I want to sure. be able to articulate what I'm hearing because we are fighting. I use that. I don't really like even use the word fighting, but use the word argument. We are arguing against people who are using the system in place to kill the system mm -hmm. that allows the argument. Yes. Because once we lose that, if they if they succeed, if if the opposition the opposition mm -hmm. succeeds in killing what they perceive as an outdated constitution, away goes amendment number one, the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. The First Amendment is what permits oh, the argument. Oh, come on. It, 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 come is, on. it is absolutely The First true. Amendment is already under attack because we have a thing called social censorship. That's what's going on That's right part now. Of it. That's so part people, of it. They, people talk about corporate censorship. Which That's is going part on of it. with your Facebook. Mm -hmm. There's also social censorship. Sure. You'll be shamed. You'll be shamed if you don't abide by what they say. Right. I think you brought that up in one of our podcasts. That it's no different than a government doing this. Yeah. You have the you have a lot of voices shouting down one without without allowing the argument. And so, but that's a reality, man. But that that is part. The reality of it. about changing the constitution but is also very fundamental too. We have we because it has to be ratified by the states. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Can, can can you? And Dan's right, and Pete's right, and can you imagine how much more aggressive it will be when the First Amendment? is not afforded how much more aggressive it will be, the left will be gentlemen this is very soft at this point but Extreme. the only reason that We're, there is any kind of break on this train any reason that the the bit is not all the way back in the mouth of the horse is because of that first amendment when it is gone you can just you forget about it it ain't all there anymore and it's getting worse yeah, I disagree with that. The idea is that it's not even present to the extent it should be on our college campuses. I disagree with that. I, I think that the Supreme Court and the system that we've had since the the human rights issues that came in the '60s and the and the uh, abuse of power from the police state, I think it's it's improved itself dramatically in the last hundred years. I would even so bold to say in the last sixty years. I think that our system has been proven to be a very sound one when you had the courts telling the the police state. That we have laws about you getting into people's houses. We have laws about proper search. We also have this thing called Miranda, and you people, you gentlemen, have to have to start operating under that law. Because when they put Miranda together, the entire Association of Police of the United States fought this mm -hmm. tooth and nail. They said, "You do you realize the amount of crime that you're going to let go over these technicalities." Mm -hmm. And, this, and our Supreme Court justice said to them, when they were making their argument in court, he said, well, gentlemen, what I do believe is, is that you guys are going to have to come a lot more educated in what the law means. <laughs> and I thought that was a brilliant thing. So the reality of it is my point. The reality of it is, is that our Constitution has been, up, has been upheld. It has weathered through probably one of the worst storms it's ever had. And I think it will weather through this one, provided what? Please fill in the blank. Provided that we have an educated populace that's voting. Well, and this wow. is so, we so, <laughs> Oh my so, goodness! So, that's that's so, and, that's, and that's exactly. Thank you for going there. And that is the issue that that's you have, but that you have on college campuses. You have people that go up there, and they will simply have a table that has a given political position, perhaps pro-life and someone will walk up and say is this your table they will say yes it is and then they get knocked down right. now there's a legal yeah. ramification it actually happened it did actually yeah. happen I, 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 oh, a, young, a young woman <laughs> i think it was in north carolina the guy. And, and he just recently was in news because someone stole the sign Same right guy. right yeah. exactly okay, okay. Right. so so you see and this is so this is the yeah. issue and this is what we need to be really key on is that 
Dan is absolutely right, so long as. But the problem is that we have people, young people in college, in high school, in middle school, in elementary school, they're not being raised with this idea. And it's not the issue of whether our Constitution and the First Amendment is applicable, relevant in the next five or 10 years, 15 years. What about when it is, gentlemen, we are in independent living. And we are no longer, and our generation is right. no longer in power. Right. And it's the people that are now in college who say, you can't have that up there, even though you went to the college authorities and you got your permit, if such a requirement exists. We and you're out there you legally. Here, yeah. And therefore, because we oppose and find what you mm -hmm. say be objectionable, we will physically assault you. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. But the underlying score is, why did she hit him? And, what, and I think I remember something in the video. She's yelling at him. It's people like you that 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 stop women from being able to get abortions. Right. She was vehement. Sure, of course. So, she was vehement. so what's the, what's the issue? I mean, obviously, she doesn't have any respect for life, or she views it differently. Maybe this thing's just a parasite. I don't know. If she respects her own life over that of maybe it's not her life; it's free will. Because uh, the law is supposed to say you're allowed for abortion under these extingent circumstances. Now they're they're slowly, slowly eroding these extingent circumstances, and saying that almost all of them are now become extingent circumstances. Well, and and I think part of the reason but there's that pushback. We got the right to life, the yeah. heartbeat thing, right? Sure, yeah. And now other states are joining in on yeah. this thing. So, trying, so there is see, a little bit of a we see it working. To their so training. we have opposing views, wherein on on each side of the view. You have people, again, this is where we landed at the end of last week, people who are convinced in their own virtue. Yeah. And when you have that absolute confidence in what your own virtue tells you, and you have adopted your own piety in that within a certain subject, there, that's where the discussion breaks down. It's where it falls. And then you have so many people who are not being educated. And I think, Dan, you made an excellent point because what we are seeing, what I am seeing, is that people are not, you know, people coming up through the education system are not being educated in ways that enables them to respect life, a very basic fundamental. Where do you think that okay. education should come from? I think that education should actually come from, I mean, this is where you get it. And, and again, you guys know that I am somewhat agnostic at best, but I tend to have very conservative mm -hmm. views and a conservative position. But that education comes from Judeo-Christian uh, concepts. And that when you... Well, actually, I know you're going to finish, but my actually, question was is not the ideology or the institution. I want to know what mechanism. I want to know who is it going to be from the schools? Mom and from dad, the parents? It's mom and dad, family. Yeah. And if their my mother and father aren't present, yeah. yeah. And my exactly. preference would be that it would be from the parents, but parents may well not. One of the complaints about teachers, because my sister marries a teacher. One of her complaints is. is is that she needs to get out of it. She teaches over in Genoa City, and she's saying that the kids that are coming in are so unruly and so poorly trained at home. It's not her job. She won't do it. Mm -hmm. She tried to do it for a couple of years, had some success in it, but, she, but, it's, it, but it costs so much of her heart. Absolutely. She Absolutely. won't do it any longer. Over and over this again. Is she's true. an amazing woman, and she's going to get out of it. We're gonna, they're going to lose a big asset. Why? Because she's sick and tired of trying to please these children that should not even be... It's, it's, her, it's not her job. They don't yeah. give her the tools to deal with it. So this is a societal yeah. issue. Yeah, right. Well, She's sounds, there to teach. Sounds, sounds like Lord of the Flies. And indeed it is. Very I think close. That was, he was writing about back then is cycling back again. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. and this is actually, it, you know, it sounds like she's only been in it a short while. But what you've just said is something that echoes back to my father and his wife. Uh, who and she was a teacher for forty some odd years, and these this is a very similar complaint she had over the last at least that I've known her the last thirty. She's been teaching for twenty five years. Uh, twenty five. Okay, it. all right. So I'm sorry. That's a haul. That's, that's, that's a long, long time. That's long term. So, but you know, Diane stepmom has been teaching for well, she's retired now, but she. These are the, the exact same thing. She was, and they they would bring kids in, and she's like, "There's no way we can't even teach them basic 
it's difficult to teach them how to recognize their A, B, Cs. It's difficult to teach them how to recognize their one, two, threes, let alone how to put those things together, let alone how to form words, read words. These are super, super basic things. And she was teaching at a second grade, third grade sure. level but what are they? because of what you just said. There's not enough going on at home to allow for the understanding that you go to school, you sit down, you be quiet, you learn. So why is it worse now than it was? Why are those kids coming in now less prepared, less? That's the question. Why? Why? Yeah, That's why? the question. I don't know. There, I, I can I can tell you about four or five things off the top of my head, but the truth of the matter is I don't know. I just don't know. There's so many complicated things going on, and that's why uh, before I was talking about a spiritual war, I was not really referring to the war between God and Satan because there is no war. God crushes him, and it's the end of it. There's no battle. There's no nothing. It's already won. Yeah, God owned it from day one. He created Satan, so who gives a shit? But there, but there is this there is this aspect about that's a whole nother Father Dan podcast. <laughs> That'll be another episode. Yeah, I'm writing about this by the way. Yeah. So uh, so the so the aspect is, is 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 that you know if people believe that they are just coming into this world and they're doing the whole Lion King, the circle of life, and Stardust mm-hmm. and all that. Shit, yeah, sans the idea of a creator, sans the idea that there is a uh, an overriding uh, set of rules that God has given us to use. If you take all that away and you're just you're here for a glimpse, then why not, you know, rape, pillage, and blunder? Well, let why me not? ask you the next question: Is whatever it is that has caused it, is it accidental or intentional? I think that it is a eroding of the importance of it. So we talked about the Constitution and why people had to be but educated. Is it intentional or accidental? I just think that it's lazy. I think it's. Yeah. It, that's my personal opinion. I don't yeah. have any evidence for this. I could pull up stats. Well, but I would just if be you play, my if own they play the Marxist, the Marxist playbook or the community organizer uh, Saul Linsky playbook, it's tear down the family, marriage, family, education. Well, if if it's accidental, they've accidentally been pretty effective. Of what the problem with saying the word "they" is that you're giving these people a lot of credit. I don't think that they're organized. I don't think that I, these, that they're, I don't think that there's a, a coalition together that says let's just. Well, no, it. it's not like they have their meeting monthly meetings right, per se. Right. But it's but but why is the why does all the media sound exactly the same or most of the media? Well, forget about exactly the media. The I think that I think the issue is. But that, you can't forget about the media. That's where I, that's where these kids that come into school the way they are. That may be true, but in this conversation, I say forget about it because that's right all the media know. is ridiculous. I I mean it doesn't. There's but that's where they're getting it. That's the culture. But see, Matt asked that question last week is it because of tv and did we get to the point through culture where by the way okay we and is it economic is is there is talking about right now is marx is yeah is is you're exactly right but is do economics play a course in this where we've become a single parent society therein parents have to go to work you got to go to work you got to make money you got to pay the bills therefore something else someone else and you asked this question before is raising the children well the children come in and we saw a lot of this and it's you know we even created a term for them and they were called latchkey kids kids who came home put their key in the latch went in got a pb and j sat down in front of the tv and and so Matt was ex- Matt talked about this very thing. So if we're looking at where did this happen, you you start to look at the design of economics, what that dictated, what it necessitated, and how people were beginning to be raised. We can look at an example of that through again the term latchkey kids. But Matt, okay, go ahead. L- l- let me jump in here. So. John, last week, I know you're very passionate about abortion, and you put a number out there of 60 million or 45 million, and I just wanted to look at that number and see a a second reference to it. And Don, you've raised the issue of, you know, Judeo-Christian principles. I looked, and again, I'm looking at Wikipedia, untrustworthy, but (laughs) general (laughs) principles. Doing research. And looking to see what percentage of the world today is Judeo-Christian in the U.S. They say roughly about 75% would be consider themselves Judeo-Christian. The other 25% would be theist, 
agnostic, whatever. But I, I, I came across a reference to a book called Bowling Alone, which goes back to my thought from last week of how did we go from having a well-bound society where religion was that community thing that brought everybody together. It was our touchstone. We didn't have TV, we didn't have internet, everybody got together. So this guy, Putnam, Putnam wrote a book called Bowling Alone. He said, the, the book was written around 2000, he said, there's more people bowling today, at that point in time in the year 2000, but there were fewer bowling leagues. That people, that there were two types of social bonding. There was bonding and there was bridging. Bonding would be, I am a devout born again Christian and I spend my time in a circle of like-minded people. I am of whatever other social gathering, Republican, Democrat, socialist, Marxist, whatever, everybody got into their bubble, their echo chamber of the club. Their club. Yep. But the bridging is where we've broken down. We we, we get into they they, they had uh, 2016, they had, it, you know, it was the presidential election year, things were, you know, Trump or Hillary and all of that, everybody picked their sides. My daughter was in AP U.S. history and a couple kids would come to the table and they would be able to discuss politics, but most of the people said, Hillary, lock her up, how come, because my dad said so. <laughs> so. How, how do we go back to this education of getting our kids to be critical thinkers, to have strong beliefs, to, as a parent, we, we try to teach morals to our kids, whether they're morals that we get from our religion or just hopefully good common sense morals, which mostly have evolved out of religion. But how do we get them to accept that some people are different, that there are going to be people that have a counter point of view, but not demonize them to say right. they are the left and they're trying to rip up the Constitution. Okay, I, I, I'll raise an issue, and John, you said you got your three-legged stool. Sure. You said, you know, the, the three, from, from, from your point of view, and I know there's many that hold that point of view, you know, right, right to life, abortion, LGBTQ, and Definition of marriage. Ma marriage. And the third one is the ability to... Defend your de own family. De defend your family. So I, I look at it and say, you, you have a young lady, she had an encounter with a gentleman on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. They used the condom. The condom broke the next day she tries to go to the pharmacy to get a morning after pill. And there are people on the religious mm -hmm. bend that will say, it's not even a six week heartbeat, but just the fact that she's getting a morning after pill the next day is wrong. That's destruction of life. Right. Yet if you as a father came home and found somebody in your house that was raping your wife or raping your daughter, you believe you've got the constitutional right to pull out a gun and empty your clip into them. Yes, I defending do. Defending yeah. your liberty. So, yeah. you know, there, there, there's people that come at these issues from different points of view, and we draw boundaries in different places there. So if we're going to teach morals to our kids, we should do that on the home front. We should get with like-minded people and I but we can't exclude listening to what the other side has to say and at a governmental level try to find a middle ground where you could still maintain your liberty have your morals your point of view but respect that others may not be a hundred percent in alignment with you and the thing of it is is that Matt is absolutely correct and the problem that it comes back to is that you have a school system where 
you don't have the ability to say that this is definitively correct, this is definitively wrong. Mm -hmm. We are not even we are not even allowed or able, I believe, as a people, perhaps even sometimes individually and personally, we're not able to name what it is we consider to be the adversary in the room. And we feel, I do feel sometimes that the water is coming over from so many different sides of the boat, I don't know where to start. Where to start right? bailing. Yeah. It's, um, it's very, it's, it's very, it can be very challenging and very overwhelming, but I think that that's what it comes back to is that, again, I have the right, should have the ability to say, okay, I don't think that the public system is educating my kids in a way that's consistent with my values. I should be able to pull the kids out of the system. And then what that does is that creates a marketplace and that if that school system, that public system, wants to continue to generate revenue so it's self-sustaining and it's sustainable, mm -hmm. then it's going to do the things it needs to do to be more attractive, to bring in more students. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything categorically unhealthy with regards to that, um, but yeah, I, I don't have any. I don't even necessarily issue with listening to other people that have differing points of view. L listening to people with different points of view, uh, and I've been on this podcast and categorized mm -hmm. and cataloged them, has changed my life. Yeah. I, I wasn't 17, 18, 21, 22, the same person that I am now. I was m almost a eugenicist at some level. Um, I was very much a, um, a, not a leftist, but I didn't believe in the rights of the individual because I thought that people were basically a little more than dumb-driven cattle. Um, and, and the simple fact Ouch. that okay, okay. still got to believe that, right? <laughs> you know, and, and, but Until I, you taste one, and then you mean? cows yeah. taste much cows better. Taste good, yeah. <laughs> but but so but but things change over over time. Positions change over time, and but I wasn't raised in a society that's as militant mm -hmm. as our current society is. When I was in high school, we didn't have militancy. Yeah. at the high school level. I mean, who here went to high school and said, and can honestly say that the high school and the culture of the school and the culture of your peer group was militant? Mm -hmm. the, 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 I don't know that this is a absolute statement, but I perceive that there is a level of militancy that has filtered its way down into the schools mm -hmm. that that I didn't even barely experience when I was in college. Right. And some part of that is, is that when you go into the history classes or the social classes and what have you, and what do they have on the TV? The, the TV is there. CNN for young people. And, and boom, there it is, pumping it. I mean, I, I, to Matt's point, I don't know how to answer the questions and many great questions posed. Yeah. Well, first off, the, the, it was interesting how the way that he had spun that when he was asking you those questions. Because the answer to your condom thing and you're breaking in is that there's responsibilities for any actions when you go against it. But we'll set that on a shelf for a second because I want to address what you just talked about. Well, why don't you pick on him and for you, once? And you, <laughs> why don't you pick <laughs> on him no for once? I have you feelings. Feel more fun <laughs> and you used the, use the word militancy. And it was interesting <laughs> listening to a friend of mine's wife talk to me about the militancy that she believes that the left is trying to correct. And one of those militancy actions is when I was at a military academy, if any of those boys were gay, it was yeah. hell to pay. Right. Sure. If they couldn't run or do their thing well, it was hell to pay. Mm -hmm. So we don't talk about militancy. Mm -hmm. And there was also a lot of what they call in psychology emotional scarring, which I always find is a hilarious idea. But the uh, but there's a scarring that goes on apparently or supposedly about these people that become isolated because of an action or whatever they do. So happens to every human being on the planet. That pretty was, much, this yeah. is kind of where I was drawing it to. Mm -hmm. Is that you know this is a fundamental property that goes on of, in of all of humanity. You put humans together, you're going to get this. It's it's man's yeah. inhumanity to man, and you and can't it, legislate it. And yeah. what happens is okay. So you have a military institution, and someone goes in there, and they're of the wrong um, ability, the wrong persuasion, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Were they conscripted to go? No. Did they go there of their own liberty? Yes. Did they find that they're incompatible with the institution? Yes. Therefore, you have in your liberty, if not your own self-preservation, to <laughs> vacate. Now, if you're conscripted and forced into it, that's a different discussion, a different, different argument. But you find themselves in World War II. The right. blacks and the gays and right. you know, the pay. Everybody, baby. Right. So, <laughs> that, so, that's a whole nother, so that's a whole nother issue. But the idea that we were going after was is that this concept about what we're saying is, is, is the wisdom. That, that Where does it come from? And so if you listen to the media, if that's going to be your source, well, then you got problems to begin with. Initially, 
So your argument's a sound one, but you're basing it on what? You're basing it on facts that you're getting from what? I mean, isn't the, isn't the issue that you're really trying to describe is that uh, people should be learned about creative thinking? Isn't that what your, your strike point was? Well, I, I think people should hear other points of view, but I also... And we're saying that that's not true, by the way. We were saying that that is not true. You should not be listening to these neo-fucking Marxists, excuse me, and I'm using profanity for a reason. You should, not be, you should not be listening to these damn fools who want to tear up the Constitution. You should not be listening to these people, and that's really what goes on, is it not? Because we're, we're talking about not just dialectics. We said that we're talking about a war of ideology, and it is a war. And one of the people in this podcast had made the statement that, hey, the reason why we're losing is because we're not fighting. Yeah. So we're arguing they're fighting. Right. So yeah. what's, 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 what's the deal? <laughs> and I, and I wanna, <laughs> Forgive me. I'm trying to bring this back down into yeah. this. Into this. Right. What, what I'm trying to say is this: if you're staunchly pro-life mm -hmm. and your point of view on using a day after pill, mm -hmm. your religious point of view says this is wrong right no one's taking that away from you you teach your daughters you teach right. your family not to do that you join a church that has other like-minded people you support each other right. you can do podcasts like this and you can raise that point of view but do you have the right to feel the, it. You have the right to believe you, that. You have the right to believe that, yeah. absolutely. But do you have the For right, now. <laughs> but do you have the right to legislate that so that it someone with a different point of view can no longer do it either because no more that than makes they you have the right to legislate their point of view. And so you see what has happened is is that is that at some at some level a person the government has gotten itself into something and it sponsors and gives tax dollars to institutions yeah. to which it should not be giving tax dollars that it it forcibly under the penalty of law takes money from me and gives it to institutions to violate my moral conscience and that action is not defined within the constitution True. i mean it's just that simple and i want to bring it back that if we actually come down to the idea that there really is no right and wrong, well, then we're just arguing semantics. Yeah, that's okay? what I, the mo the that's morning right. after pill, if there has been life formed, then that is murder. That's the end of the story. If a person is taking that pill and they don't necessarily know, and if, and only God does know, if life has started, then that's a totally separate Issue. It's a preventative versus an actual stopping of life, and so the contraceptive, right? So right, and so and so there, there's a balance there. And I want to pick on Pete a little bit. Pete goes ahead and he says that well, it's about economic conditions and this and that. Well, that's what the Marxists will argue. It's about exterior things. Mm -hmm. What was the average square footage of the home back in 1950? Uh, I don't know. Small. Where? About. Oh. I mean, generally, United States suburbia. About twelve. So, about twelve. So, about, so about twelve. About twelve. World War Two. World War Two. About nine hundred eighty feet. Yeah, I was going to say around <laughs> eleven hundred. Construction, right? Yeah. Okay. It's about nine hundred eighty. Yeah. They're all over the country. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. I think mm -hmm. I yeah. almost live in one. Right. Built in fifty four, fifty six. Mm -hmm. The point being, though, is that what's the average? Size of the average home in the United States today—it's well over 2,800 square feet. Mm -hmm. No, it's not that big. It is it's that like big. 22. Okay, 22. Oh, oh, okay. It's, it's triple. In Doesn't the, change. The average point. in the United States. Average it out. You have to break it into rural or urban, suburban. Yeah. But, but it's irrelevant to do. But the point. Okay. I think what John's <laughs> point is that it's almost doubled. The point is, it's, it's yeah. doubled. It's gone up by 150 percent. It's gone up yeah. by whatever. The point being, how many cars did the average uh, American yeah. own when they were in? 1950, mm -hmm. one house per household. Now, how many? Probably about two and a half, yeah. two and change. I thought There's, you were going to go to the TVs next time. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, you, right? But I mean, you go, point you add on. But prosperity. The point being is, prosperity. is that with prosperity, so have our priorities changed. Yeah, man, interesting. Okay, and with prosperity, instead of saying, you know, something, I now have the ability to pay for the education and the benefit of my kids. I'm gonna, one parent will stay home and raise the young. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a really crazy idea. Um, and I'm gonna scale my life accordingly because that's my priority in life. That's people turn okay. to God in people, adverse situations. People, people, people then do. Not, 
They fat, don't. Fat, people, dumb, and happy, baby. People then do what? what? They say, well, I should have a bigger home because I want more stuff and more stuff and more stuff. And what do they do? They work more, more jobs. I more this extra. and that. I deserve more. I want to earn more, whatever. I want to retire earlier, go on more vacations. That's all about me, me, and me. That sounds like, oh, I don't know, something out of Isaiah. Was that chapter 14? I think it was. <laughs> the fall of Lucifer. It's all about me. And what happens? Then they that proceed. That's a nice segue. Thank you. I'm good at this. So then what do so then what so and so then what do they want to do? Then they turn the raising of their young over to what? The state, the state and we get what we get and then we don't understand why things are going wrong and the mm-hmm. state says there's no God and there's no right and wrong it's just your truth mm-hmm. and so on and so forth and well, that's then certainly said, a bleak well, picture there it, is. <laughs> there it is I'm sorry but it's the shift of the priorities it's the taking it's, it's the total shift away from God at the center and the family unit which God ordained and said look this is how life is to be and I'm gonna tell you something we are so far off base with regards to the idea of marriage. We're debating what marriage is between. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you something. Even if you've got a marriage between a man and a woman, if you go back and you look at how God ordained and says you ought to live, that is, men, love your wives, sacrifice yeah. for her and love her the way Christ loved the church. Lay down your life if you must for her you know, preservation and her well-being. Well that ain't happening a lot with a lot of guys these days. Women, wives, respect your husbands. That, okay, if we actually went into the scripture and show how the man is to be sacrificial, how he is to lay down his life and give his all for the love of his wife, there are a lot of marital relationships between men and women that don't even meet that criteria. One of the things that took this this line of, of, of this train of thought that you're saying, one of the things that took it out of society was the abuse of uh, the divine red kings. Uh, this is something that was uh, human uh, acting to humans as an authority over. We say given by God or given by the people. What are you going to talk about? We talked about the people that, that wanted to commit suicide because they thought that a great travesty had occurred. Mm-hmm. So really what goes on next? The authority of God is replaced by what? It's replaced by science, mm-hmm. which is about observation, right? So I'm going to jump back into something that I talked about last week was that these people that are coming in that want to change this Judeo-Christian idea, mm-hmm. I believe that they are altruistic. I think that they are really... Yeah, I, and they're they absolutely... Everybody well, believes... If they are, they are. It's whether their mind or not is irrelevant. Well, okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Fair enough. If it's yeah. in their mind, it's altruistic. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's good. It just means they Well, we got into that good, rat right? trap. They believe they're good. Yeah. So yeah, I, think, I, good. I think one of the things that... that John was eloquently putting forward was that well, who's the best? Who's the best at, at, at engineering right. a human race? You know, the creator or mm-hmm. not? But if or you don't believe in creator, because one of the great problems with uh, having people govern themselves is we get into these messy arguments. Mm-hmm. Human beings learn from pain. Uh, well, we could talk about BDSM later. Well, okay. Well, again, another episode. Yeah. Whoa, I, 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 I don't. That's a ton of emotional scarring. That's why I said it's a hilarious idea. Like somebody's got an emotional. Well, I, I like let, let Ken let, yeah, let Ken go a little go further with his thought right there. Well, I, I don't. I, I, what is truly what is what is a good moral code? No, I, I keep thinking, and maybe I'm a little short on education here, but I keep thinking that the Judeo-Christian uh, tradition of morality seems to be a reasonable result of avoiding pain. That we have that we have learned that that my heritage has, you know, those folks learned that it was best to live this way because. It hurt less. Talk about tradition. Yeah, and and a very simple kind of an Aeschylus kind of point of view here that if, you, if if the stove is hot, don't touch it anymore, and you know that after the first time, right? Uh, and, and I believe that it is not your right to cause me pain. I believe that it is not my right to cause you pain. What are we trying to do with our discussion here? Mm-hmm. We're trying to understand other points of view so that we don't cause each other more pain. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I'm a little uh, naive here, <laughs> but that's that's the framework that I put stuff in. I don't. I was taught the virtue of civil disobedience 
before I ever went to school, I was four or five or six. Do you mean that disobedience is a virtue? Yep. Okay, go ahead. Absolutely, because I just want to make sure when I you that right. when you challenge stuff going on around you, mm-hmm. you get to find out if it if it hurts or not. Yeah. Only a dead fish swims in a stream. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. Where was I going with this? I'm not real sure, except that I I I I, I think what we're doing is very healthy. I got to real quickly ask Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about perception earlier. Our perceptions are very individual and and uh, and very uh, on top of our. How do I say that? I don't know that things are as bad right now as they seem to be okay. to me. Mm-hmm. I think they were pretty terrible. Like in right after War II. Uh, not too many people in this country liked Japanese folks. Right. Japanese folks weren't bad folks. Mm-hmm. They were led by some pretty bad people. Right? But, it, boy, my father-in-law had no forgiveness. <laughs> There's a reason for that. Uh, yeah. and I'll speak directly to that. The Japanese people were a terrible people. And that's the truth of it. And what I'm talking about is the military, the military system that they so easily slid into. There's a lot of research that was done and the atrocities that the Japanese did upon uh, other populace that made the Germans look like Girl Scouts. Agreed. It's unbelievable. Why were they that way? This is the root of what we're talking about right now. Go ahead, John. One of the things that we love to talk about, or at least mention, make reference to, is is, uh, the Ten Commandments, right? We like to talk about that quite a bit. Well, that's law. Right. I mean, in the Judeo-Christian, that's law. Mm-hmm. I want to pull. I want to just. I want to just read this. I'm, I'm in Galatians five twenty-two. I'm going to chip in verse twenty-three. You cheat. Well, no. I mean, I want to get it in <laughs> right bring, order. He's bringing in crib notes. Well, yeah, no. That's what he's saying. It, <laughs> Go, John. You know, but the fruit of the spirit. And I just want you to focus on these nine nine words. Yeah, I just did these fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, forbearance, which. I.e., long suffering in some translations or patience in others. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Against such thing there is no law. Now, I want you to take those nine words and I want you to take those nine concepts. And again, there's a lot of backstory that comes with as we are to understand them to be, Mm -hmm. right? Who doesn't want those things in their personal relationships? You want joy. You want peace. You want love. You want them to be patient with you. You hope that you have the ability to be patient with them. You want them to be faithful. I think that's virtuous. So on and so forth. Again, and against against these things, there is no law. Why is there no law? Because you can have them in all the abundance. No bad can ever come of it. I've never gone wrong by being patient with somebody else. I've never gone wrong by being joyful. Now, have I been hurt? Yes, but I've never gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference in that. There's great wisdom in that. It doesn't actually actually come from Galatians, but it does. It does. This particular way that was laid out. But there's societies have been doing that before Galatians was written. I think with the, with the author of Galatians is trying to remind people of it. Like, you know, dude, this is the core thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, these aspects are innate within humans. I think that's what he's after. Well, I think that, and the author being, of course, the Apostle oh, Paul, yeah. and there's no reason for me to highlight that for you because you, you probably met him. I, I, I already and know. So, <laughs> uh, Dude, we share an office. <laughs> <laughs> we used to work together. Yeah, we used to work together. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, and so the, but, but I, I want to okay. follow up on some of the stuff, Matt, in that context because I think the challenge, Matt, that you're posing to the, the, the folks that really feel strongly about the Judeo-Christian you know, tradition and values is is being those things while standing firm in our faith. Right. And we can get accused of not being those things when we are simply because we are standing firm in our faith. Sure. There is no lack of patience or, you know, lack of love in standing firm in our faith. Look at that young How man. How we communicate it can certainly indicate whether or not we're being. But I, I try my very best, and I fall short often, to hold firm to my beliefs while listening to others. But in, in the, the question about government or God, I, my goal isn't to make certain things illegal. My goal is to make them unnecessary. Can I interject real quick? Yes, could, please. Could you please describe what standing firm in your faith is? Because it's a very esoteric concept. It is, it is. But if there are... If what do you mean by in that? In simplest terms, if there are things that I believe because of my faith, 
I'm going to hold firm in those things. Traditional marriage. For under example. what? Under adversity, right? Yeah, under adversity, yeah, under you're trial. So you're being patient, yeah. although the whole situation and everything in your body mm-hmm. tells you don't be patient with this, but you're going to be patient because, because you believe that the Word of God has told you to do right. this. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, you're standing firm in your faith that God is what? And, Overall, and I, and I right? also believe right. that the reason... I just want to make sure that's defined. I also, big point. But I also believe... I always think of it in terms of effectiveness. Me telling you you're a bad person because you do X, in my opinion, is not going to be very effective in convincing you to change. Well, it's so tactics. I believe it's also, I mean, in some cases it's it tactics. might. But, 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 I, but I agree, but it is tactics. But the tactic that I choose is the one that I believe is more effective, which is loving the sin. God told to love the sin or hate the sin. It really comes down to that. I hate certain sins, but I don't hate any person, even though we get accused of hating people simply because we disagree with them. Even though they're trying to destroy our Constitution? Even though they're trying to destroy what was our the, What was the name of that young man where, uh, Sandman, was that his name? The young man with the hat and the, oh, that, the, yeah. the beating the wardrobe in front of him on CNN? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this young this young man, I think that that's a visual illustration of what yeah. you might be trying to say, Don. He just stood there, so he's he? just standing there, firm in his faith, right. and you know the fellow is you know beating banging the, the banging the drum in his face and this and that, trying to and instigate, the, trying to instigate a fight. And all he did was stand firm mm-hmm. in the fruits of the spirit. All he right. did was stand, and he was called names, ridicule. Oh, and now this kid, suing CNN, is seeing, and Bill Maher, yeah. he's going to make huge money yeah. because they vilified. I mean, Bill Maher. He said, "I like to punch that little." Who are you talking about? He was at the. It, they were at the March for Life, yeah. and they were waiting for their bus, and they were just standing there. And he had a yeah, high school kid, high school kid from Kentucky. And, they just and, happened to have yeah. MAGA hats on. So this guy came up, that and he was, was an Indian. It. He said he's known for being an instigator, and yeah. he was banging. And literally, the kids just stood there, partially. Oh, probably oh, oh, scared. oh, now I know you. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I was like, "Where the taste of the word Indian?" I was yeah. like, "What are you and, talking and about?" All right, I got it. Notice how we tried to avoid that term for a long time. Yeah, right. And we got nowhere. So the deal was that is that. The CNN had falsely reported, right. and they had uh, they disparaged his character. Yeah. Why he's suing? Well, they left certain well, so things so out of Bill Morris and yeah. so did a whole host of others, and he's suing all. He's going to make a lot of money. I have a question for you, sir. In that book you read about the bullying thing, I, was, I thought it was interesting that you brought up this concept, or the author did, but you're bringing it into this conversation about bridging. Yeah. Now the bonding thing, I get down. Okay, and so when you're saying bridging, you're saying the bridging between clubs. Yeah, it's yeah. the author's after. Yeah. Yes, I even read the book. I, I read a summary oh, okay. of the uh, book right. as I was looking okay. for some of the other things that right. John had brought up. So I can't speak with expertise about the book, but reading the concept, the description of the book, that was the highlight of it. That we've gone to bonding. We're not doing a good job with bridging. I would agree with that. And one of the aspects about the bridging is to make other people aware of your position. Is that the, is that the argument? Is it, no, as you I, interpret it. I take it that you should accept that not everybody thinks like you. Can we find a legislative answer that lets us find a common denominator? Legislative, huh? Okay. That's the problem. But isn't that what the Constitution is? Is an attempt to find a middle ground where we can play nice a middle together, ground where but have your personal liberty. Uh, yeah, a middle ground where there is no common ground. individual liberty. No, but the problem and with the problem with that is, is that is but the that problem with that is is that arena the, that those some some of these decisions are being made legislatively do not belong at the federal level. That's we have the problem. we have the they wrong don't. levels of government so doing the wrong thing. Some yeah. things belong at the state level. Some things belong at the county level. Some things belong within a state. And say we can no longer peacefully coexist. Therefore, we're going to split as a state again, seeking our liberty to be self-governing and self-determining. The the fact of the matter is that constitutionally, no, because it's a ball cap. It's one size fits all, and which means that in a nation of three hundred and some odd million people, <laughs> someone's got to win, someone's got to lose, someone's got to be liberty, and someone's got to be conscripted. It isn't going to work that way. And there are some issues not very very uh, conducive to middle. Ground. The reason why I was bringing this bridging <laughs> right. thing up, sir. Was the, I'm a Christian. One of the biggest arguments I get from people of other faiths, and then some people that don't have any faith or any belief structure, excuse me, uh, although they, everybody does, everybody but, has something. but not not in a higher being or whatever. And I, I, I want to be, care- be careful when I'm touching on that. Uh, one of the problems that they have is that, there is, is that according to their look in Judeo-Christianity, there is no bridging. There's no bridging involved at all. This is their argument. They're saying that your guy that you follow, this JC dude, 
He says that there's only one way to get to God. Right. You can only go through me. And, and the, this is why the Jews have a huge problem with that kind. That would be a problem for They're the chosen people. Okay, yeah. that's what they understand. But as we get into Judeo-Christian aspects about how we go into the world with our children and how we teach them, the Judeo-Christians are arguing that the Bible is the thing. You, and anything outside of that is to be rejected. And that is all over that book. Yeah, and, the, and that is absolutely true. And the thing that's There's really... There's no fast, bridging. I want to make that and, point. And the fast... Well... There is bridging, and I would say in this but way. The illusion of the bridge. Well, sure, of course. But that, that, that definition it is absolutely exclusive in its nature and is absolutely inclusive in its uh, mission. And that, that is, you are not discriminated against based on your skin color, right. the dimensions of your nose, i.e., what is it cause all that slaughter in Rwanda, mm-hmm. right? You're not, there's no, you all can come. There's one way, and you all can come in. And that is something that is not necessarily available in other faiths, right. other religions. Now, I'm not even going to get to the difference between grace and works. That's right. a whole other thing. <laughs> so, but, but, but I think Pete's bumping up against it. I can see the anxiety on his face. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm actually bumping up against the time slot here. And I think yep. actually where we're going to land next week is on standing in your conviction. Um that's it's a broad statement as you pointed out there Dan mm-hmm. but there is again significance in that because if every single person stands within their conviction I don't think bridging is possible well it's I, but before you before okay. you jump in just just take that with you. And we'll do that next week because right now last word. Come on, because I'm come on. Okay, last word. Fast, fast, okay. fast. Before before we before we get together next week, Doctor Seuss, read it. Uh, the Prairie of Prax and Two Stubborn Zacks. They stood there. They stood there in their tracks. I haven't read that. We have homework before homework. Read the read the Zacks. It's called the Zacks. Doctor Seuss and what they do. They said, "I'm a North going Zacks. I'm a South going Zacks. I'll stand firm in my tracks." And what happened? And what happened? Z a x. And what happened? The world built up around them. They just stood there in their tracks, facing. I'm not budging. I'm not budging. Oh, okay. The Zacks. It's really illustrative. Yeah. Wow. So everyone, you can go off. Can I Kindle that? Yeah. Kindle Doctor Seuss. Thank you.